Oddball Show features content intended for mature audiences. If you'd like to view a content warning before listening, please check out the episode description. The views put forth by our hosts and our guests reflect the speaker's opinions and not the official stance of Oddball Foundation. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, listeners, and welcome to Oddball Show. I'm Irene Westfall, sitting in for Jason Wright today. We are going to be exploring an odd little myth called the poo pathology theory. What it is, where it came from, and what to make of it. If you spend a lot of time on certain corners of the internet, you may have heard that Winnie the Pooh and his furry friends are actually stand-ins for a variety of neurodivergent mental conditions. According to this theory, Eeyore symbolizes depression, Rue is on the autism spectrum, Piglet has anxiety, Rabbit has OCD, Tigger has ADHD, Kanga has social anxiety, Owl perhaps has dyslexia, Christopher Robin has schizophrenia, and Pooh, he might have ADHD, too, and binge eating disorder. A lot of stuff. You can find loads of articles on this subject, believe it or not, even quizzes that allow you to see which Pooh character and corresponding mental condition corresponds with you best. It's practically an internet urban legend. But is there any truth to it? Did A.A. Milne, Winnie the Pooh's author, intend to create allegorical tales about the diagnoses of the DSM-5? Where did this theory even come from? We were curious about it over here at Oddball Show, so we decided to uh, send our researchers, myself included, to look into it. So, the notion that A.A. Milne created a fairy tale world of mental afflictions originates from a 2000 study published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal. It was entitled Pathology in the Hundred Acre Wood, a Neurodevelopmental Perspective on A.A. Milne. The brief paper evaluates Milne's characters according to the diagnostic criteria of the DSM-4, which was what was published at that time. So the authors of the paper go down the list of characters, reporting on the furry friend's supposed diagnoses and lamenting the lack of treatment options available in the Hundred Acre Wood. For example, Pooh, quote, embodies the concept of comorbidity, showing signs of ADHD, OCD, Tourette's, and even microcephaly. After all, he is said in the books to have a, quote, very little brain. In their professional opinion, they say, quote, Pooh needs intervention. We feel drugs are in order. We cannot but wonder how much richer Pooh's life might be were he to have a trial of low-dose stimulant medication. The whole paper is written in this faux-serious style, pathologizing the behavior of children's book characters. So, let's see what they said. Let's go down the list. Piglet, quote, poor, anxious, blushing, flustered little piglet, has, quote, generalized anxiety disorder. Eeyore, the melancholy donkey, no surprise, is revealed to be chronically depressed. They write, quote, maybe with a little phylloxetine, Eeyore might see the humor in the whole tail-losing episode. Even if a patch of St. John's wort grew near his thistles, the forest could ring with a braying laugh. Fluoxetine, by the way, is the chemical name for Prozac, a common antidepressant. And St. John's wort is a plant that is sometimes used to treat depression. Owl, meanwhile, is, quote, obviously bright, but dyslexic. If only his condition had been identified early and he received more intensive support. Rabbit is controlling and self-obsessed, they say. May have narcissistic personality disorder. Rue is the child of a single-parent household, quote, putting him at high risk for poorer outcome, capitalized P and O. His mother, Kanga, is overprotective, and the researchers wonder, quote, could her possessiveness of Rue relate to a previous run-in with social services? 
Christopher Robin is also a child in need, as he, you know, clearly lacks parental supervision. He's off there in the woods, like, all day. And, they add, based on the illustrations, he might have some issues with gender identity. And finally, our favorite stuffed tiger, Tigger, has ADHD. Specifically, the, quote, hyperactivity impulsivity subtype. They write, quote, look, for example, at his impulsive sampling of unknown substances when he first comes to the Hundred Acre Wood. And though the authors debate what medications might be most helpful for him, they conclude that, quote, unfortunately, we could not answer the question as scientifically as we would have liked, because we could only find human studies in the literature, end quote. This report is short, only 12 paragraphs by my count, and it's written in this tongue-in-cheek style the whole way through. It's clear from the article, if you read it, that the researchers meant the essay as a sort of funny diagnostic exercise, and not as a genuine argument that Milne had written these characters with these diagnoses in mind, or that they even really had them. As you can tell from all of these character descriptions, it's all, well, you know, a little silly. When the paper was published, though, the authors got some really unhappy responses, including some angry letters claiming that the paper was a waste of money, that the authors were damaging the characters' reputations, or that they were promoting the medication of children. But as Dr. Shea, one of the lead authors, put it in a 2017 interview, that's a whole 17 years after the publication of this paper, the paper was meant as a parody of, quote, our own professional process wherein we sit in judgment as we diagnose and label others, end quote. Fascinating. So how did this satirical paper get taken up and transformed by the internet at large? Since the publication of Pathology in the Hundred Acre Wood in 2000, the fuzzy characters' diagnoses have been reworked somewhat. According to most recent articles and quizzes I looked at, Rabbit is now more known for OCD, Rue has autism, and Christopher Robin has schizophrenia. The idea being that he's imagining all of these characters in the woods. Somewhere along the way, I guess his active imagination had crossed a line into psychosis. So, let's take a look at a few examples of where this theory pops up in the media and how. So the popular quiz website IDR Labs, which features a whole range of psychological, political, and pop culture personality quizzes, also has a poo pathology test that rates your level of correspondence to the different characters and their different diagnoses based on your responses to 33 different personality kind of questions. So that quiz, meanwhile, was written up in the New York Post. And like many other articles about this poo pathology subject, the Post author quotes the original paper with a completely straight face. The winking attitude of the original thing is completely lost in the grapevine. This was not the case for all articles that I read about it, but it was definitely the case for a lot of them. Other articles about poop pathology have used it as an entry point to explore mental illness and trauma in a relatable way with familiar characters. A short article from Harmonia Mentis, which is a blogging arm of a pharmaceutical company, links poop pathology to A.A. Milne's experience of PTSD. This article proposes that, quote, some see the Pooh stories as an attempt to forge a connection with his son, Christopher Robin, and the theory claims that in them, Milne uses the characters to represent individual symptoms of the condition, end quote. Though the article is vague about who actually sees Pooh characters this way, and also who exactly is coming up with this new wrinkle in the theory that Milne wrote his PTSD symptoms into the characters, because that was not in the original paper. It is certainly not alone in drawing some connection between Milne's experience in World War I and his fantastical creations later in life. So what did happen to A.A. Milne in World War I? 
Well, let's take a look at his life to better understand why his experiences led many to believe that there was a dark side to the Hundred Acre Wood. So Alan Alexander Milne was born in London in 1882. His father was headmaster at Henley House School, and Milne would study there himself under the writer H.G. Wells. Milne studied at Cambridge, and then he moved to London, where he worked as the assistant editor for the humor magazine Punch from 1906 to 1914, at which point World War I was just beginning. Milne served as an officer in the British Army during the war, and despite being a pacifist at heart, generally followed orders while in the service. After illness rendered him unfit for the front, his skill in writing garnered him a position at a secret propaganda unit, MI7B, in 1916. The unit was established to create and distribute pro-war propaganda for the UK. After it was disbanded in 1918, by the way, the government ordered that all of the documents be destroyed. It's only thanks to one captain who hid some of these documents that we know about the group and Milne's involvement at all. But back to Milne. He was never formally diagnosed with PTSD after the war, but it's no stretch to imagine that the horrors of wartime may have impacted his writing, consciously or not. The 2017 biopic Goodbye Christopher Robin, by the way, explicitly portrays Milne as suffering from PTSD. After the birth of his only child, Christopher Robin, Milne began to write children's books, beginning with two poetry collections and eventually moving to the storybooks Winnie the Pooh and The House at Pooh Corner, which would become his most popular works by far. The Hundred Acre Wood portrayed in these stories is not a scary place by any means, but the characters are not uniformly happy. As we've discussed, Eeyore is persistently melancholy, in part due to the loss of his tail. Piglet is terribly anxious. Rabbit is plagued by obsessiveness. Some online writers, like Alex Toome for the educational website Cove Collective, have theorized that his character's struggles reflect an attempt by Milne to portray and help children process difficult emotions and experiences. Other writers, including Psychology Today's Valentina Stoicheva, have suggested that the characters represent the different facets of PTSD, anxiety, hypervigilance, and hyperactivity, to name a few. Outside the world of the stories, the wild success of the Pooh books had its own dark side. Pooh made Milne's career, but the story's immense popularity overshadowed Milne's other work, including novels, plays, and a pacifist text called Peace with Honor, published in 1934. By the time Milne died in 1956, he was still known primarily for his children's work. Most people haven't heard of his plays or his pacifism, but his beloved characters remain household names. The popularity of the Pooh books also had a detrimental impact on the real Christopher Robin, who harbored resentment towards his father throughout his adult life. In his autobiography, he wrote that he felt that his father, quote, had filched from me my good name and had left me with nothing but the empty fame of being his son, end quote. I mean, ouch, that's tragic. During Milne's final years, Christopher rarely saw his father and refused to take any of the royalties made off of his likeness. That the Winnie the Pooh books could bring generations of readers so much joy while causing a permanent rift between Milne and his son is deeply ironic and sad, and perhaps has added to readers' sense that there's more than meets the eye to these stories. It's worth noting, by the way, that the Pooh pathology's theory is not the only way that readers have dug beneath the surface of the Hundred Acre Wood. Benjamin Hoff's best-selling 1982 book, The Tao of Pooh, for example, argues that Pooh's peaceful, easygoing temperament embodies the principles of the ancient Chinese philosophy Taoism. His analysis treats Pooh's quirks as virtues, not symptoms, and encourages readers to model Pooh's way of living, 
and to avoid the obsessive or melancholic tendencies of Pooh's friends. His follow-up book, The Duh of Piglet, 1992, similarly explains the Taoist concept of duh, or virtue, as it's commonly translated, through that little pink character. It's clear then that there's no one right interpretation of Winnie the Pooh, and that the meaning that people draw from these stories is both subject to change and hard to predict. I mean, do you think that Milne could have suspected that Pooh Bear would become a Taoist role model or a psychiatric patient? We can see that in the 80s and 90s, reimagining Pooh as a model of existential wisdom captured readers' imaginations. And since 2000, the Pooh pathology paper, even though it was intended as a lighthearted parody of psychiatry, seems to have sparked a reevaluation of the beloved stories as a way to understand trauma and neurodivergence. Why this theory and why now? Are we just reading our own concerns into these innocent characters? What can we make of this phenomenon in the context of all the various ways we try to understand ourselves? I don't have a concrete answer for you on that, but I can tell you what things it reminds me of. Personality tests like Myers-Briggs and Enneagram, which purport to analyze and place you into one of many discrete personality types, are immensely popular online and in the workplace. Kind of like astrological signs, these personality types are a way to interpret your feelings and experiences in the context of some larger framework. They help us make sense of ourselves, and they maybe can make us feel less alone with our confusing thoughts and feelings, even though these categories might also take away some of our human complexity. Perhaps it is this impulse, to make sense of our thoughts and feelings through categories and types, combined with the age-old tendency to make use of familiar stories in order to understand ourselves, that has given the poop pathology theory so much staying power. So there you have it. That's my best guess, anyway. Had you heard of the poop pathology theory before this episode? Have you ever taken one of those quizzes to find out which character fits you best? I have, and I got Piglet, by the way. And finally, what's your favorite way to understand the characters in the Hundred Acre Wood? As diagnoses or Dao icons or something else entirely? Reach out to us at team at oddballfoundation.org and let us know. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. If you liked what you heard in this episode, learned something new, and want to stay up to date on what's going on with Oddball Show, please consider liking this episode and leaving a review. Subscribe to Oddball Show on YouTube, Buzzsprout, or wherever you get your podcasts. And check out oddballmagazine.org for more fascinating stories, poetry, and art. Thanks for listening.